I thank I thank the king today. I, I want I'm taking my time to sit in who he is. I thank the king today. He sits on the throne right now. He sits on the throne right now. And all we need to do every is just come to him. He says that the, the enemy comes not to do nothing but still kill and destroy. But I've come to the cross to give you life and give you life more abundantly. I didn't just die on the cross, I rose. And the same resurrecting power that rose me is the same thing that's living in you. I'm going to show you today. I'm going to show you today in the scripture. The same thing that rose me out the grave, I got up and like, nice rest. I was tired of you humans for a while. I had to get a rest from y'all. And he got up. It was the same thing he turned around and placed it inside of you. And I think if we really understood that power that he bestows on us and the love of God that he really, it just makes us move different. Life stopped being about us. Husbands start worrying about their wives more than themselves. They start worrying about their families more than themselves. Like people start being selfless. We, people start caring more about each other. We stop commenting on comments, dragging each other. If we really want to understand what he did on the cross, if we really want to show some appreciation for it. See, I don't want Easter just to be a cool day. We throw some bunnies out there and celebrate. But we really don't understand what the cross of Christ is really about. It's, he did something. This is the new commandment I'm giving you. To love each other, what? As I have loved you. The cross is supposed to make us in turn change to become something else. To be heavenly minions. To be baby Jesuses everywhere. Let me, put, let me get, we've been in a series called Growth. I'm skipping past that, I gotta get in this. And today's title, they gotta look at it, we're gonna pass that. Today's title is You Got the Juice Now. God, I got the juice on God. Today's sermon is you got the juice now. And as I talked about and started praying, like, oh, what do you want me to talk about on Easter? Like, what are we talking about on Easter? And this was probably about nine months ago. I don't know why Easter messages come to me a whole year in advance. He said, you got the juice now. A lot of times we pray to God and we ask God to do stuff. And you're like, well, I gave you the power and the authority to do it. <laughs> Actually, you have the juice now. You have, let me, I'm, I'm going to read you out. Let me give. In the Greek, you got the juice is translated to you the man. <laughs> KOT version, my Greek is Google. <laughs> Watch this up. One has the juice if they have respect, influence, power, or authority. Watch this. A matter whereby someone of influence or power can control or approve something or a situation. Usually a person with high authority. That's what Collins Dictionary say. Stayhip.com says when you have the juice, it means that you are respected, well-liked, and powerful. In the streets, if you think about gang life or street life, I know y'all ex-gangs members in here. <laughs> how you know how you had street cred? How they knew you was about that life? How your hood knew you was that guy is how many bodies you had. Unfortunately, the more the, they, they knew not to mess with you if you had hands. I remember my dad used to tell me stories when he was a kid, his, his big brother, my uncle Plush. They didn't mess with Plush. Plush had hands. And he knew that he could put them paws on you. See, his reputation, his reputation and who he was was, was, was indicative of his ability to fight you. His ability to deal with adversity in the enemy. Let's talk, how about the military? Let me do another this route. 
in the military, it's some guys in the military that have this great esteem. They got a, 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 what's the movie, the Maverick, what's the movie just came out with the, the flights, um, Black, Top Gun. How many kills you got? God woke him like, y'all mess with me, I was a 667 confirmed kills. How many bodies you got? How many kills you got? How you have dealt with the enemy carries your reputation. You can even receive medals of honor by have you how you save people, how you have you have you how how you have um 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 came to the need of people in the in the service, how you act and how you move and how you deal with the enemy is what your reputation is known by. Why is it any different in the church? What's your street cred? Do your church, your hood, the church, know you to be one that's a real one? Or are we just here playing games? Because the Bible says we have the juice. How many bodies you got? Because when the enemy comes in like a flood, what do you do? We should be bodying the enemy. If he says you got the juice and you better do greater things that I have done, we should be bodying the enemy. He should have, we should be putting hands on him. We should be in prayer and fasting. He should be scared of us. He should be literally scared of you. When you walk through in church, do they know you to be the one like, nah, don't mess with her. She be doing them three-month fast, number watering grapes. God move when she pray. Or what's your street cred? In your hood, what they know you like in the church? Are we ones that are known for being powerful because God has given us certain authorities and, 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 and freedoms in the Bible? Are we known to be ones that actually live by that? Watch this. Watch this. We out here faking. We out here faking like we real. Like we didn't really kill something. Like the devil, like the devil really, see, like that's, that's why, I, 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 man, I grew up old school church, y'all. We shout, we do all that. But you know, what, what, what I like, what I'm grooming us to be is not just shouters and speaking tongues and stuff. I love those gifts. Them are gifts of the spirit. We, we will grow to have them. A lot of y'all, you have them, a lot of us grow to continue, y'all grow to have them. But what I want you to be able to do is the enemy to be scared of you. I used to be praying, I used to be in the car praying in the spirit. And people, are, how do you pray in the spirit? I'd be talking reckless to the enemy, using scripture, like uh, spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. And I used to be praying like the enemy, I'm putting scripture, like you ain't gonna do nothing. And God said this, and God said this, and I'm gonna come to this. And, and Pastor Jordan used to look at me like, Lord, I ain't got nothing to do with this. That man, talk, the devil could attack him. Like, I ain't say nothing, bro. I'm just co-signing. We should be coming in for the enemy to a point. We out here really faking. We're supposed to be the ones biting the devil through the word of God, through the Holy Spirit that lives in us. He should be scared of us, but the devil got us running and hiding. He got us scared to post a certain way. Because then my friend's going to know I changed. If I post too much about God, then what's my friends going to think? He got us scared to tithe. Because if I get his 10, I mean, I ain't going to have enough for this. We should, be, we should be biting the devil with the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in us, but we're too scared to obey the word of God. We're scared to find us a wife and marry her. Because if I marry her, then I ain't going to be able to hit the club. And then I ain't going to be able to. Y'all think y'all can control your life? That's the enemy controlling you. And we're scared to break away from that and become sanctified, set apart for the use of God. We're too scared. We're scared to even hardly go to church.
But then I only got, I only got like one day off. And if I don't spend that day with God, then I ain't going to. We should be saying, well, no, this is what thus said the Lord. This is what I'm going to do with my life. But really, we don't see it as fear because we just think we're doing what we got to do. But really, we're fearful of honoring God and getting before God for what it's going to do to us. We're supposed to be biting the devil. We're supposed to be taking care of the devil. And I was, I was studying. I thought about something. I thought about something. I'm like, we be running. We're a track star. We're a runner. We, we, we be really running from the enemy like that. And it's a song guy. She's a runner. She's a track star. She gon' run away when it gets hard. She gon' run away when it gets hard. Y'all be running. She gon' run away when it gets hard. She's a runner. She's a track star. The song says, she's a runner. She's a track star. She gon' run away when it get hard. We only about that life of Christ while it's cookies and cream. The minute suffering starts, because the Bible said Paul made this very clear. I suffer for you. And actually, we should count suffering as, as a gift, as a, as a privilege to suffer for Christ. And the minute suffering starts, we have to die to ourselves. We have to pick up our cross and follow Christ. We disappear. We're a runner. We're a track star. We got to track Christians. That say they belong to God. But the minute it's time to love your neighbor, and you know they did you wrong. They, they wrong. It is obviously they're wrong. You can't do it. You running. I ain't going to just the Bible say don't be around unequally yoked, don't evil communication. We bring up every scripture. We got track star Christians that we're called to holiness. We're called to body the devil, but we won't even do it. Watch this. We're supposed to be biting the devil. Let me prove Matthew chapter 18, verse 18. I tell you the truth. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I also tell you this, verse 19. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven would do it for you. For two or three gathered to, as my fathers, I am among them. You got the juice now. He says whatever you, y'all agree on. He says whatever you forbid on earth. He said whatever you bind up. I'm giving you the power and authority. Watch this. Give me, give me Matthew 16, 18. Watch this. CSB. Verse 18. And I also say that I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give. I don't have it anymore. I'm going to bestow it on you. I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We're supposed to be biting the enemy. Whatever you bound on earth, I'm going to back you in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, I'm going to back you in heaven. I'm only going to back what you do. We're waiting on God to do some things. Be like, but I, you got the juice now. I literally gave you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. I'm waiting on you to bind and loose. I'm waiting on you to declare. My question for today, my first one. Are you juicy enough? In your hood... Are you known to be a real one? In your church, are you known to be a real? Are you juicy enough? Do you love people right? Do you give people? Do you give to people? Do you serve? Do you even show up? Some of the time, you don't even know if you're going to see them at church. You're not sure they're coming or not. Are you even reliable? You know, I don't, I don't think am I going to see Minister King every week. I know I'm going to see her. Bright and early, making the church like clockwork about 7.45. I 
I don't second guess if I'm going to see her black and poly in the parking lot. I, I don't second guess that. I, she's dependable. I, I know that. How many people, see, when we don't like our, our mates and stuff to do this. We don't like when our family do this. We don't even, we would get to the point where we don't even ask them to do anything because they're not dependable. So we don't even give them any responsibility. No, you are not making a turkey for Thanksgiving because we mess around and have no meat. You take the cookies. And if we don't have cookies, it's cool. Like, we can do without cookies. And God can't trust us with some things because we're not even dependable. We ain't juicy enough. We're not really known to be a real one. We're just known to stop in and out every blue moon. Oh, I, I don't know why this giving thing keeps coming to my mind. I get a report once a month on giving. And some people, I don't even look for their name. Like clockwork, they're going to honor God. It's a worship to them. They internalize that. And sometimes I'll be surprised when I see some names. Like, what? <laughs> like, they give now? Oh, my gosh. It should not be a surprise in the body of Christ that we honor God with our first fruit. That should not be like, oh, my gosh, they, they honored us? Oh, that's such a blessing. It should be automatic for us who call ourselves Christians, Christians, Christ-like individuals that we honor God like he says in his word. We got a money, we got a money week coming up. I'm going to just do one week because I know y'all not ready to talk about money. But if we're going to really grow this year, money is the most talked about subject in the New Testament. It's a reason for that because he knew y'all was greedy. He knew we don't like giving up money. And so Jesus makes it clear in his teaching how he lived. Paul makes it clear to all the churches how we should conduct and do money. And see, we're not going to just talk about the giving, the tithes part, and all that stuff. We're going to talk about what we do with the rest. See, we all know what, we, we all know what 10% is. I want to talk about stewardship, <laughs> what we do with the 90. See, because we think just because we gave our tithes sometimes that we can steward the 90 anyway, we just go to boat. And God is going to bless it. And I just want to talk about a little bit about it, <laughs> how, we, how we do with the 90 because God actually acts as an old, it's an Old Testament principle, the 10% the tithe. It's a Levitical priesthood thing. That tithe is not even really taught in the New Testament. Generosity is taught in the New Testament. I tell people, if I was you, I'd just stick with the 10. Because in the New Testament, he say all you can possibly give. In the church of Acts chapter, two, uh, chapter 1, chapter 2, uh, they were literally selling everything that was extra, giving it to the church. So um, if you got two cars, you don't need two cars. That's how they was doing it. You and your wife could carpool. Like they were selling all the extra. We got a six-bedroom house. We don't need this. Let's go down to a two. And they were giving the extra to the church so everybody else had what was in need. If I was you, I would just stick with the 10. Because if we go to New Testament principle, he, he actually saying, if you got, give according to what you, the extra. Give all you can possibly give. He said, he said, you should be more worried about your neighbor than yourself. That's why I tell people, if you don't talk about money and start saying it ain't in the New Testament because the actual principle of the New Testament is way deeper than the tithe. Are you a real one? Point one. Reproduce. We have been given the divine ability to reproduce. If we really want to grow, we must reproduce. And I, gotta, I, I have to talk about this. If we really want to go, we got to reproduce. We have the juice now. And one of the things that, the, one, of, one of the, the responsibilities we have as Christians, the, the great commission is to reproduce. 
He's told them even in the garden, be fruitful and multiply. The first thing we start thinking about is sex. See, have a lot of babies. That's not just what he was talking about. Everything we touch should reproduce if we're really doing it in a king manner. How we have our money, it should, it should reproduce. If we're really conducting it in a kingdom manner. How we, how we are with our kids, they should reproduce generational curses. It should be generational blessings. Reproduction of what we do should be reproducing. And everything we do, if we're really being kingdom and we're handling things a certain way. I need some helpers. Who's going to help me? Um, Brian Williams and um, give me Brandy. You got the baby. Help me, please. Lonzo, come on, Lonzo. Help me out, Brian, Brian Williams and Lonzo. Come on up here. I need, I need. So, y'all just stay right there for me. So, God told me to reproduce. All this nourishment and proteins and waters and all this goodness. God said, I need y'all to take me, all my nourishment, to the ends of the earth. But if I come over here and grab my bit to take what I can take to the ends of the earth, it's about all I can take. I could probably throw a couple more waters up here, but to be able to really take to the ends of the earth healthy, I'm going to grab one of these. But in all actuality, I really can't take everything God is providing to the ends of the earth. I just don't have enough in me. So my job is, I'm going to grab two people. If I just go tell two other people about Christ, if I go help mentor and, and disciple two other people into Christ, then I call them. Come here, Brian. Come here, Alonzo. Stay there, Brendo. Now they, I'm going to hold mine. Now they, come to the side. Y'all work over there. Now I just reproduced. I just reproduced. I couldn't handle it by myself. So I went out and witnessed to gospel to somebody else and told somebody else about Jesus. Now I'm very carrying it too. But that's still not enough. It's still too much God left. So now they need to reproduce. So they're going to call two people and he's going to call two people. So Brian's going to say, come on, Stephanie, come up here. You want to reproduce? And then Brian's going to say, come on, Brando. He's going to reproduce. Come on up here. Come on, Steph. And then Lonzo will say, man, I need to reproduce. So come on, Heather. And then he's going to say, Lonzo, because I need to reproduce. So come on, Tyra, because he needs to reproduce. Come on, come on, come on, come on, quickly, quickly. Now go stand by Lonzo. Because we got to, re- it's too much of God we got to take to the ends of the earth. And we can't do it ourselves, right? Come on, come on, come on. You got coffee. Go, by your repro- go stand by your reproduction person. But, but this is the thing. It's still not enough of us to take all of what God wants us to have to the ends of the earth. So then if, if Heather grabbed two people and Lazo grabbed two more people and Tyra grabbed two people and then they already grabbed they two and then Steph grabbed two people, we have, come on, Kenya. Come on, Simone. Come on, Mama. Come on, Cynthia. Come on, Danielle. Y'all go, two people, pick and just grab two. Kenya and Mama, go, go, to, uh, go, go to Heather and Danielle and, and Simone, y'all go to Tyra. And then, come on, Bino, come on, Kier. And then y'all go over here to Steph. Uh, come get y'all some, um, some of Jesus before y'all went. Now, hold on, hold on. Because God calling you to carry a little bit more. See, no, don't move. No, no, no. Where you going? That's not a lot. What you doing? God going to call some of y'all to carry a little bit more. 
Come, Ken. Come, Cynthia. But it's still too much of God left. See, he's calling us to take the gospel message to the ends of the earth. But it's a lot of ends to the earth. Like, it's a lot of ends to the earth. And this is a lot of God. So, I'm around people. Come on, Kevin. Come on, Tony. You stand by here, Kevin and Tony. I pick here. Let me talk. Come here, Whitney. No, no, you don't move because God wants you to take. He need, He got an assignment for you. So you can't relax. It won't be easy for you. Some people just won't be easy. And see, God got a lot for you too, and it won't be easy. I'm sorry you got to hold this for the next five minutes, but it happened like that. And, and, and can, I, can you help me? Do you mind? Come on up here. Come on, Pops. And, and I need some help. I, I need to squeeze back there, Bobino. Come on up here because God said, I just I need more out of you. Grab this water on your way up here. There you go. That's for you. And then, uh, what we got over here? Pops, you got to go back and witness to all the men that you kicked it with. So you're going to have a lot to do. No, no, no. Don't walk off because it's going to be harder for you. You got to sacrifice more because God gave you more. Come on, Jordan. Come on. Come on, Marcus. Because God is saying, I need more out of you. But wait, you're 19, and I'm calling you early. So you just go ahead. And Marcus was living his life and didn't think God had too much for him. And But he didn't tell you, I need you to carry all my meat to your family. Because if not for you, your family won't know who I am. So, no, see, but this, no, 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 wait, stop, stop, don't move. Don't move. I was just banking on it to happen. So what happens is when we try to take more and God gives us more, he will never give you more than you can handle, right? And if the body is supposed to be in complete unity, the minute something dropped, did you see everybody, everybody, did, who, every, the whole team looked to see who can get it for him. But I got you. Because he's helping you now. God, God called him to ministry to come with you. So we're going to carry, excuse me, God to the ends of the earth. And trust me, there's way more God than we can handle. The object here is for all of us to do our part in the kingdom of God. The object here, he says, take me to the ends of the earth. So he's supposed to take him to his job. And they're supposed to know at his job what he's like. And he's supposed to be out there telling his guys, I know, put that concrete over there. But have you been to church? Come rock with me. And Heather's going to be down there slanging her job, making money. And she's going to be like, yeah, um. My church and the, and the entire going to be at work and she's going to be telling her people and then everybody's going to be out there in the Walmart lines and in the Aldi lines and they're going to be cooking and their family. That's how the gospel gets out there. It's not supposed to just be me. Listen, 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 listen. Listen. We're going to have a wall at our next church. Uh-uh. It gets hard sometimes, don't it? It's okay. God got you. I know it's heavy. Listen, it will not be easy. Are we getting to that point soon? He never said this was going to be easy. Actually, he literally says it would be hard. He said, he said, when you pick up your cross, count the cost. Because when you come follow me, count the cost. Paul says, I'm, Paul literally says, hey, I'm being persecuted for this faith. I'm literally, they literally are doing me wrong just because I want to carry this. We're going to have a chalk wall at the next church. 
there's going to be a thousand numbers on it. And we're going to save a thousand souls a year. But I can't save a thousand souls from the pulpit. But if I get 10 a year, then Mama get 10 a year, and Heather get 10 a year, and Zoe got 10, and Tyra get 10, and Danny get 10, and Simone get 10, and Steph get 10, and Bino get 10. We're going to be rushing in there, get them, getting them, getting them chalkboards like, nah, move over. It's my time. I got two people at Walmart the other day I saved. We was at the mall getting shoes. He came to church. So that you remember that dude? I, said, I gave him the gospel. We should be gospel junkies. Jesus didn't die on the cross for us to have fun. He said, take what you know about me, this love. I need you to go tell everybody you possibly can. And what we do is come to church and we clap and we be like, yeah, I'm saved. And we leave here and we don't take the message out. What do you think he died for? He did not die for us to just chill on it. His last instructions were to take this to the ends of the earth. If you picked it up, it's yours. I'm just joking. Put my stuff back. <laughs> man, man, help, help them women, man. Thank y'all. Our goal is to take the gospel message to the ends of the earth. Pastor, what are you saying today? Why are we doing all this? Why do you? Because we are all have a responsibility to tell somebody about Jesus. We are, see, listen, how I could put 25 people on this stage and the whole sanctuary is not empty. We started with four people when we started this ministry. It was four or five people sitting in my living room. But you know what happened? We start reproducing. One person starts telling another person about Jesus. Then the next person starts telling the next person about Jesus. Then the next person starts telling the next person about the Holy Spirit and what Jesus was doing over in this church. And then they start saying, let's go come and see. Let's go oh, taste and see for ourselves. And what happens is when reproduction happens, of the gospel message. What, how do you think the Church of Acts grew? They was not putting posters up saying, could you please come to our family and friends day? There's nothing wrong with that. We do. They were spreading the gospel message. And it says after they were spread the gospel, 3,000 were saved and joined the church. And then 5,000 were saved and joined the church. It was, it was ridiculous numbers because the gospel message was central in everything they did. So let me make this clear, y'all, because we're about to move. Don't bring me no ministry. If it's not central, in the, gospel, in the gospel message. I'm not saying your women's ministry better be central on helping women, discipling women to, the, to God. Don't say we're going to just come have some cute. Let me stop. Everything we do needs to be centered around the gospel. Man. The way fest we do every year, y'all don't really know, but when we plan it, y'all be seeing me go up there trying to steal my seven minutes of fame. With, I, I plan me a seven-minute heater message. The whole purpose is to sneak the gospel message all through so the ends of the earth. People may not ever come to church, but they'll come to a free concert and a free funnel truck and a free chicken and waffles and free. They'll come get them pasta from Nisha Lissa's tent. And see, we get them there, and they come there like, this is cool. And they hear the rap and the music, and they jump in. And then I get up there and talk about how you knew in Christ. Put your faith in Jesus Christ. We altar calling. <laughs> Because that's really what the focus of it is. Everything we do, the gospel message must be central. Let me give you some scripture behind it. Luke chapter 15. Let me go through this quickly. Luke 15. Watch this verse 4. If a man has a hundred sheep, if a man, pay attention to that. It's a, a man. Everybody say amen. amen. Not A-M-E-N. Y'all talking about amen. Church over, amen. No. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what would he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that was lost and, he, and when he finds it, and, until he finds it? Verse 5, and when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. 
He gonna put it. There. He gonna put the team on his back. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, "Rejoice with me, because I found my lost sheep." Verse seven. In the same way, there's more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over the ninety-nine others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Look at verse four. It says, "If a man," it didn't say if a shepherd. See, we always read that and say it's the pastor's job to go get the lost one. Oh, here we go. A lot of y'all got assignments on your life. And if a man gets lost, if that's the sheep that God has put in your, on your care, if that's the assignment on your life, you're going to have to leave all comfortability to go get that lost one. Some of y'all, y'all hanging with friends. Don't you better not stop hanging with that friend yet. God's telling you that's an assignment for your life. And if they're lost, you better go get your lost sheep. I'm not, you are the minister. I'm not just a pastor. A lot of y'all, as we grow, going to have little bitty fellowships inside the fellowship. The 5, 10, 15, 20 people that are attached to you, and you know the vision of the house and the church, and I submit to my pastor, but this is my little small group. This is my fellowship of people that God has me pastoring. These are people I help counsel and minister to. I already have y'all selected. Y'all know who y'all are, and y'all going to be pastoring these people. And when I'm going to stop coming to y'all group. Don't call me. Go get your sheep. If amen, not if the shepherd. See, shepherd in the Bible, you translate that into the leaders. He didn't say if amen. So, so a lot of y'all got assignments in your life. Some of y'all going to have heavy assignments. Where y'all going to have to go and stand in pulpits and preach to the masses. And some of y'all going to have them five people at your job that if you don't, that God won't let you leave that job yet. Lord, I'm just, my career, like, I don't want to be here. He said, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not done with you yet. One of my, great, one of my favorite, I, I really consider him my family. And he's like white as all get out. My brother Brian, he's sitting back, he was just up here. We met when I was mad at God for leaving me at a job. I did not want to be at this company no more. And then I met this guy named Brian Williams. And he's been like a brother to me for years, seven, six, seven years now. And I, re I realized I would have never been able to meet him. He would have never be able to come to Word's way and love on me and support and get what he needed if I didn't stay in the season I was in when I was in it. I was so busy trying to get away from what I didn't want. He said, it's not time yet. This is an assignment here for you. I've learned more from the man. I, told him, I learned how to love from the man. I've never seen somebody love as genuine and pure as him. So I'm the married one. He was single at the time. How is he teaching the married man how to be love his wife better? It makes no sense. But God said, I'm a he, God will work. We always say he works in mysterious ways. You think that's just when it's time to bless you? I was maturing as a man from being around a single man. I remember we used to go pray in the conference rooms. We would find an empty room and go in there and hold hands, two men, and we would pray and, and talk to God. See, it was assignments there. It wasn't time to leave yet. And God was, if amen. Now, I could have got mad and left the job, and I would have left my assignment. Then God would have had to go use somebody else to get my sheep. And one of the worst things, I'm going to go this direction. And when another man had to take care of another man's responsibility. I don't see my notes. <laughs> worst thing is when one man has to take care of another man's responsibilities. It's a shame when another Christian got to take care of another Christian's job. Because we wouldn't obey. We was track star. We was running from the enemy. Watch this. Watch this. Verse, four, verse Roman. One more thing I got to point out in that script. The emphasis is on us going to get the one. Watch the He says the emphasis is on us going to get the one. 
to, to, to pull him into repentance. They're not going to come. So a lot of times they're not going to come. They say, you got to go. That's why Jesus didn't spend that much time in the church. He was out going out, getting the lost one. What did he say? A man loses the sheep. What did he say? He goes and gets him. He leaves the other ones. So you may have to make some sacrifices sometimes to go and get the ones. Okay. I think y'all got me. Romans 10. Let me, let me put the nail in the coffin on this first point. But how, how, but how can they call on him to be saved unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how would anyone go and tell them without being sent? This is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. How can they believe if they ain't never heard about it? How can they hear if don't nobody tell them? It's our job to go tell them about this good news. Every time y'all find a new dope restaurant, what's the first thing y'all do? Take a picture and go tell somebody. Pastor Anthony, the minister essence no, I like food. And they found a new spot this week. And I think one of the first things he did, because he know I like to eat, he took a picture of it. And he took a good one. It was like one of those. <laughs> and he sent it to me because he knew that I would be happy to hear about a good restaurant. If we can do that with a good restaurant, but we came in and tasted how sweet God is, but we don't want to go tell nobody about it because we're scared of what it's going to cost us. They're going to look at me crazy in my job. My promotions may stop if I rep Jesus too hard. I used to walk through my engineering farm with a straight Jesus, Lord, sold out for Jesus hoodie on like, in the elevator like, my name is Calvin. <laughs> you like Jesus? Like, a moving billboard. I, I used to, I, this is why I started working, wearing Jesus hoodies years ago. I said, I may not be able to talk to everybody I'll pass, but I can at least they, if I just insert the name of Jesus, they just walk past and see my hoodie. You know how many people who walk past me see my hoodie and pray and God delivered them and God helped them and I never said a word. It's just the name of Jesus. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men to me. He said, I just need you to insert my name. Remember we talk about that in the equation, addition by subtraction? We're just missing the name of Jesus. And if we would just word proudly. Point two. We have been given divine authority. Point one, we have been given divine ability to reproduce. Point two, we have been given divine authority to overcome, to live holy, to say no, to be renewed. This big thing I want to work, work on this point. If we really want to show God love for Easter and we say we got the juice now, don't tell me God made me do it. You got the authority to say no to sin. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. The temptations in your life are no different than what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptations to be more than what you can stand. He's faithful. He will not allow the temptations to be more than what you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Every time we, we a lot of us been here, about to go sin and something happen, and we know that's our way to not go do it. And we're like, uh-uh. We get put over by the police. No, we usually turn around, go back home. We know we're about to go to no, no good. Please put us home. I'm just giving you a warning. And we know right there. Go home. We know you ain't you up to no good tonight. And we're like, thank you, God, for your grace. And say, right on to the sin. We know. We're about to eat and we still have a heartburn. We know we're about to be gluttonous. 
we know we don't need that last piece. Heart hurting. And then we went to pray like, Lord, just my pain, the pain. <laughs> I'm talking about me. Y'all, I, would get up, I used to get up at 2 a.m., not used to, just a few weeks ago, and go to Whataburger and get a double water meat burger with bacon and caramelized onions. And then I'll be to get the nerve to wait till 11, make sure I go after 11 so it's breakfast too, and give me a chicken honey butter biscuit. And I'll be sitting there like, Lord, what's wrong? Stop eating. <laughs> you're being gluttonous. You're not even hungry. And we'll pass our way out. So as that thing, oh, I'm going to stop. Let me, I don't need this. I'm wasting, but Lord, I, I, I don't need this. I shouldn't eat this. But we are, I can't waste food, Lord. <laughs> really? Watch this. Watch this. Romans chapter 6, verse 12 through 16. Don't let... Sin control the way you live. Do not give into your sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to sin, to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. You have control. You have divine authority to say no to sin. He's saying you have the juice now. You can say no to sin. Don't let it rule your body. Don't give it any power. Give yourselves completely to God for you were dead, but now you, are, you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right. For the glory of God. Verse 14, sin no longer your master. For, no, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom and the grace of God, uh, the freedom of God's grace. We ain't under the Old Testament law anymore. Now we're under the grace of God. He says, so that should free you to actually live holy now. Watch this, verse 15. Well then, since God's grace has set you free from the law, does this mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. No. Just because we know we under grace don't mean, well, he got it. God got this one this time. Charge it, Lord, to the grace bank. No. No, that's not how we're supposed to live. Watch this. Verse 16. Don't you realize that you become slave to whatever you choose to obey? You are slave to whatever you give yourself up to. If you choose to just lay around and have sex, you're going to realize why you can't stop having sex. If you say, well, I'm just going to smoke with my friends, don't realize when you want to stop, you can't stop. You become a slave to whatever you choose to obey and put yourself into. You can, you can be a slave of sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Romans chapter 8, verse 9, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 9 through 14. Watch this, NLT. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. That's the question. What's really living in you? We ain't going to go there. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. Oh, watch what he say. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember, those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them don't have him at all. Ooh. Can I want me to? Anybody who's continuously letting their sinful nature control them and just letting it run raggedy in their life? According to the text, it's a real good possibility, if not inevitable, that you really don't have God. You don't know who God is. You're really not a Christian. But you are not controlled. You are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit in you. We, so we, our flesh don't dominate us. The spirit of God dominates our life if it's in us. And remember that those that do not have the spirit of Christ living in them don't belong to him at all. 
I'm going to let y'all eat that one. Verse 10, and Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, your spirit, the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, and just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by it, dic- but if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, but, the, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature. You will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. If you're not led by the Spirit and your flesh pretty much runs your life, you don't belong to Him. I'm sorry, I can ma- I can't make that any softer. If you run around living your life however you want to, and you're not controlled by the Spirit of God that's supposed to live in you, if it lives in you, you don't belong to Christ. You tell a tree bias, don't tell me you're an apple tree. And I walk up, and it is full cantaloupes on that mug. And nobody likes cantaloupes but old people. Why is that every why is that every fruit to grab? Every grandma got cantaloupe. Like, you ain't got no apples, tangerines, peaches. I don't know why you eat that. Like, I don't even know how to cut a cantaloupe. Like, nah, watermelon, nah, hold up, brother. Uh, watermelon's for everybody. Hey, hold on. Hey, you talking about watermelon too? Nah. We, hey, hey, nah, hold on. You take this too far. No, but seriously, I, we can't make that any softer. You tell the tree by us fruit. So don't tell me that you love God. Colossians 1, 25-29. God has given me the responsibility of serving, this, serving his church by proclaiming this entire message to you. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past, but now it has been revealed to you, revealed to God's people. Watch this. Here's where I want to get to, verse 27. For God wanted them to know that the riches of glory in Christ are for the Gentiles too. And this is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you the assurance of his glory. So we tell others about Christ, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom of God has given us. We want to present them to God perfect in their relationship to Christ. We want to present them mature and perfect to Christ. We want to live a certain way so when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, we didn't come just any which way. He says, he says this is why I struggle so hard depending on, Christ's mighty, depending on Christ's mighty power that works with me. He said, this is why I'm trying to preach to y'all so much. We don't want to just show up to the judgment seat of Christ any which way. We don't want to just come before him and say, I lived 77 years and here I go. I believed in you. Take me in. He said, do you really want to do that? He says, he says, he says, he says, he says, the secret is that Christ lives in you. If he really lives in you and resides in you, this gives you the assurance of his glory. We know where we're going at the end. I have an assurance of his glory at the end, but Christ lives in me. So I should, I should want to show up to the, to the, to the test. I should want to show up to graduation a certain type of way. When it's time to go graduate, you get the cap and the gown, and you be got get your hair done, the lashes be on fleet. Y'all be ready. You don't just show up like when the, what you wear on a normal Tuesday at school. He said, when we go to be with the Lord, we don't want to just show up any which way. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Ephesians 4, 21. Actually, can you, can you give me Ephesians 4 real quick? Give me Ephesians 4, verse 21. N-O-T, N-O-T, N-O-T. N-O-T. Ephesians 4, NLT. Give me 21 through 32. Go for me. Let me get it. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. You heard about him. You learned about him. Throw off your old sin. 
phone. Sorry, my phone. Nature and your former way of life. Throw it off. Which is corrupted. Who's supposed to do it? By lust and deception. You. Throw it off. It's your job to come into, since you know the truth now, I believe that Jesus died across my sins. Take off the OU. Throw it off. Get rid of the OU. Keep going. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Let the Spirit of God renew your thoughts. Let it lead you. Go. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Mm -hmm. So stop telling lies. <laughs> let us tell your neighbors the truth. So don't For lie being truth. Okay. For we are all parts of the same body. Why would you lie to yourself? We are all supposed to be part of the same kingdom of God. So why would you lie to yourself? Go. And don't, let, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Ooh, so it's sin if y'all let anger control me? So when I'm popping off, when I'm yelling at my son, that's really sinful? Ooh, go. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For, angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. You were just kicking the door wide open for him to come right in your life because you want to be mad. I ain't talking to you tonight. Bye. Go. <laughs> if you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead. Use your hands for good hard work and then give generously to others in need. So stop stealing, but I need you to turn around and give. Be generous, person. Okay, go. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful Ooh. so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Ooh. So this is what throwing off yourself look like. Okay, go. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Okay. Remember, he has identified you as his own. The thing that's living in you, don't bring sorrow to it. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit that lives in you. Go. Guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, I got to stop there for just a second. And don't bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Let me break that down real quick. I, I could not get my mind off of this all week as I was studying. I kept going back to this. He said, I already saved you. You sealed until the day of redemption. My grace, because you believe in me, I got you on the back end. So don't do me like that, KLT version. Don't do me like that. If I'm telling you I'm, I'm down the cross for you and I already sealed you to the day of redemption, I already saved you and you know that. You have an assurance of that. Don't do, come on now. Don't do, come on, you could do me better than that. God said, come on, don't grieve the Holy Spirit that lives in you. Remember, I got, I'm, I'm saving you. So that's what you're going to do to me? Go. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and Ooh, slander, gosh. as well as all types of evil behavior. Mm. Instead, be kind to each other, mm. tenderhearted, mm. forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has wow. forgiven you. So, point two, we have been given divine authority. To what? To defeat sin. Jesus' death gave us victory and authority over sin. Because he now lives in the believer, you. And because he lives in you now, you have the same authority that he has to say no to sin. Because he lived a perfect life, so don't tell me we can't be doing better than what we're doing. We can be more. We can be more sanctified, more holy. We can be more committed. We can be more. But we're scared. We're running scared from the enemy because we know what it'll cost us to do it. Point three, our last point. We have been given divine purpose. Matthew 28, 16. Minister Latrice, give me Acts chapter 1. Matthew 8. Matthew 28, 16. Amplify. Let's go. Now the, now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. 
And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted that it was really he. Verse 18, Jesus came up and said to them, all authority and power of, of, of absolute rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me now. He said, I've died, I rose, I'm the man now. Everything is coming through me now. Pay attention, Jews. You get, stop praying to God. Look at me. I'm the captain now. KLT version. He says, well, he says, now look, I have all the power in heaven and earth that's been given to me. Verse 19, here we go. Therefore, Go, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Help the people to learn of me, believe in me, and obey my words. Take it. Because I have a power and authority now. Take my message of what I just did for you and take it to everybody. He says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe, verse 20, everything that I have commanded you. Teach them to disciple in me. Give them my grace. Give them my power. Help them obey me and believe in me and lean on me. Then help them disciple them to grow in me. Teach them to observe everything that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm always with you, remaining with you perpetually, regardless of circumstance and every occasion, even to the end of the age. He said, you won't do it alone. Minister Chiefs, can you give me Acts chapter 1, verse 3 through 8, NLT, NLT. Acts 1, 3 through 8, if you got it, NLT. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Uh -huh. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. Mm. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Pause. Wait, wait, wait. You about to have the juice now. They all like, they come to me like, oh, you ready to take over? They came to me with like, you didn't drive and rose. We really believe now. We about to take over everything. He's like, no, well, I'm, no, I'm about to go be back with my father. fault. <laughs> I'm not about to stay here with y'all. Been here long enough, buddy. But I'm going to give you the helper I promised. Oh, y'all got baptized with water before, but now you're about to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm the third part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. I'm about to live inside of you. See, I see this reoccurring theme in all the scriptures that Christ lives in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. The Holy Spirit should be guiding you. The ideal is, like I said, we should be little baby Jesuses because he lives inside of us. The Holy Spirit sits inside of us. And while they're sitting here talking about the, the, the king and taking over and the Roman impression, he's like, I'm, giving, I'm talking about the kingdom of God. I'm talking about eternal. Are you talking about your problem? Keep going. Give me, give me, give me six through, give me six through eight. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? Our kingdom. He replied, the father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, mm. and they are not for you to know. Mm. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, mm. and you will be witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Take that. They said, watch this. Put that back up there for me. Put, put, give me verse, verse 6. I got to, because this is our problem right here. There it goes. Has, it time, has time come for you to for free Israel and restore our kingdom? So I'm doing, I'm, I didn't die, rose, did all these miracles, and you still talking about you? 
Well, I'm just sleepy. I don't want to go to church. I just my money. I worked hard. It's still about you. You still worrying about Roman oppression because back then the Jews was under Roman oppression. The Romans that came in and forced them to pay a tax. And they thought this king was going to come in on a white stallion and save, the, save them from Roman oppression and restore the Israel's land and kick everybody out. They wanted the guy to feel, uh, they wanted Jesus, they, they wanted him to fix their regular their day-to-day problems. He's like, I'm trying to fix your sin issue. He said, I keep talking about how to fix your eternity and all you keep talking about is five seconds in front of your face. And a lot of us living our whole life for ourselves. What's five seconds in front of our face? And we're going to die. And we're going to go to heaven. And he's going to be like, what's up? I ain't got many rewards for you, though, because you didn't really give me none of your life. But you're more than welcome because you believed in my son. And we're going to be for the rest of eternity one of the, the brokest, brokest, busted Christians in heaven. Just happy skipping down the avenue, just broke. Because we never reaped any crowns. We never built up any riches in heaven. When Martha and Russ can't get to him, the scripture says, we lived our whole 88, 90 years doing what we wanted to. Everybody else can get our time. Everything else can get our money. Jordan, we have no problem paying 250 for them. For some shoes that really walk on the dirt in the ground. And God said, well, honor me. I just don't got enough for all of that. These are, these are, this is building eternal riches. He said, set your mind on eternity. And we're so busy living for us in five minutes in front of our face. Well, I like this dude. I just like him. Okay. Dude, I love you. I, my love, my grace, my cross. Okay. You're supposed to be throwing off yourself, casting off that stuff. Living with me, let me decide, let me lead your life. But no, where's our kingdom? What about us? Thank you. You can take it down. What about us? He said, I'm trying to talk about the kingdom of God. Verse 3. He talked to them about the kingdom of God. I'm trying to get you to bring heaven down to earth. I'm trying to teach you how to live in this life in a heavenly kingdom fashion. And all you worried about is get Roman off our back. I'm trying to teach you how to, Paul in the very next chapter, say, money I ain't got. But I'm going to give you what I do have. I got this kingdom up in me. Get up and walk. He said, I'm trying to give you supernatural Holy Spirit power. And you worried about petty stuff? He said, I'm trying to give you the juice. And you worried about tea? I'm trying to give you what's going to sustain you. The vitamin C, what's going to get. And you, and you, that's why right after this verse, he flew up out of there. Like, see, that's why I'm done with y'all. This is why I'm done with y'all. And he flew up out of there. He said, I'm trying to give you the keys to the kingdom, kingdom heavenly access. And you worried about petty stuff. Watch this. Give me back through 16. Give me 18 again. I want to amplify this time. Watch this. I want to give you, I amplify this time. Verse 18, and I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. The gates of Hades, death will not overpower it. Watch this. Preventing the resurrection of Christ. Verse 19, this is what I want to get you. And I will give you the keys, authority of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind, forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth will have already been bound in heaven. Watch this. The minute you speak it, letting the Holy Spirit lead you, heaven has already done it. He says, whatever you forbid, declaring proper unlawful on earth, has already been bound in heaven. I'm going to back your words before you even speak them. He says, well, he says, he says that whatever you lose, permit, declare lawful on earth, I will have already been loosed in heaven. We have been given divine purpose to what? Verse point three. 
to go tell people the good news, the saving grace and eternal love of Jesus Christ, so they may be free from death, eternal separation from God and the bondage of sin. We have the power and the, we have the authority, we have the divine purpose put on us as Christians to take that nutrition to the ends of the earth. We have, we have a call, we have to do it. Give me that video, give me my video. I remember that. I remember that, that scene. We, you got the juice now? And what happened was he was fighting the enemy. And see, he dealt with him. And he threw him off the stage. I mean, off the cliff. And he walk and I watch. And I watch what everybody does. They move out his way. They wouldn't dare try him. The devil wouldn't dare try him now. Now watch this. He said, you got the juice now. See, what's, what's scary is, it's a story in the Bible. He said, he say, Paul, I know. Jesus, I know. It should be Kenya, I know. Tony, I know. Latrice, I know. Don't be that one we had, but who are you? See, it's a story where people was in there playing church. And playing and, and casting demons and playing church. And he, they went to cast out a demon. And the demon said, Jesus I know. Paul I know. But who are you? As he took off his jacket. And the Bible said he whooped them boys all through that house. They ran out the house naked. You got the juice now. And we're supposed to be walking. The enemy supposed to be, mm -mm, I don't even mess with him. No, sir. Not going to cause him to go into a fast. We don't need that. But he said the kingdom of hell will not prevail. The enemy is supposed to be scared of you. And God, Jesus said, I'm leaving you the juice now. The enemy is supposed to, you're supposed to be throwing the enemy off cliffs left and right, putting your hoodie on like, yeah, anybody else want this? But we have taken on, we have adopted this position in the church. We've adopted this position as Christians where we always just chasing the blessing. We, we worship from a defeated position. Bless me, bless me, bless me, please. Pretend to sit there, bless me. I thought he just, we just read, he said, whatever you bind has already been done in heaven. So why are we, we're not coming, we're not a half empty, we have full. We look at it from the wrong perspective. Watch this. I'm closing here. Actually, just, no, hold up. Give me, give me my next question, my last question. If we don't make disciples, who are we? If we don't share the gospel, who will? If the people in the church that say Christians don't take it, to the ends of the earth, who gonna do it? We can celebrate Easter every week. We can, I mean, we can celebrate it every year. We can have plays. We can do all that. But if we don't take the gospel message that we sit in there and receive it and believe and take it to the ends of the earth, and Jesus says it two times. He says it in, in the Great Commission, take the gospel to the ends of the earth. All the authority has been given to me. Take it to the ends of the earth. We just read an Acts. He says, I'm about to leave. I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. Go. Uh-uh. Our, our job is to take it to the ends of the earth. That's our jobs. But then I started thinking, why we don't do it? Like, why we don't take the gospel to the ends of the earth, like, for real? Like, I really had to, like, sit and put my mind on this. What's so hard about telling the good news? Why we talk and tell people about everything else, but we won't talk about Jesus? 
And I started to realize it. I remember once having a family member tell me they couldn't, they didn't really like wearing our hoodies, the, the Creek Kingdom Vessel hoodies. They're like, man, I wear it like, man, I have, to, I have to live different. They have to do different things. When you got Jesus as Lord on your chest, you can't just be smoking and chilling. It feels different. And they're like, I really don't like to wear them because, like, man, it makes me. See, it's a, it, so I don't, need to, I don't want to represent too hard because then I'm, I'm at the cost of it. And it dawned on me. That's why the church ain't what it used and what it should be being right now. That's why after this day, it's not going to be crazy. And I thought about this. What's the real reason? Why the church is not what it should be in 2023. I didn't thought about this. I need me a volunteer. We got some ribs up here. I got some birthdays. I got me a bunt cake. Come on up, Pastor Jordan. You wanna you hungry? Anybody like bunt cake? Now this is the most forest cake in the streets. And this is strawberry cream. This wasn't cheap, as y'all know. Come on, Malcolm. Who else put their hand up? I seen somebody else. Come on, you come. You want to get some of this? Come on. We got a pizza. Now, if anybody ain't on no pepperoni pizza from Quitrick, boy, we got some real. I want y'all to come look at this. Come on, y'all, come check this out. It looks like something. Smell, smell it through the phone. Smell it through the phone. I know that guy. It look good, huh? Y'all want a plate? So it dawned on me why the church ain't where it's supposed to be. And it dawned on me. It's not the food. It's not what's of great quality. Y'all know, bro, Jack Stack Beans? Boy, a dub. You be eating meat. It be meaties, all of them. That cheesy corn? Bro, y'all see, y'all see this sausage? No, no, I need somebody else. Bino, come here, Bino. Are you okay with, you, you like sausage, Bino? Tell me what you think. Is that it? Okay. It dawned on me. Why, they all admit that it's good. So why do people not want it? Who want they play? Pat, you want them to play first? And this is what we do. You want red? <laughs> Why you don't want it though? Oh, yeah. But it's, it's, it's what you, no wait, wait. It's what you just said was fire. Is how I gave it to you. And it dawned on me. 
The problem is not with the gospel message. It's that we took the message and we put our nastiness on it. Something of great value, the love of God, the eternal love of God. We say, well, you go to hell if you don't. We took a perfect, something perfect, and we added our two cents to it. We turned agape love, unconditional love, to phileo love, to brotherly love, something that we wanted to be more comfortable doing, snotting all in our nose, digging, putting all our germs over the gospel message, then we give it to you. I seen a video last week that he was cussing in the pulpit, then he rebuked the people for holding him accountable for cussing. Then after that, he said, he said after that, you, you will go to hell for coming against the spirit of God. And I'm like, did you just take the gospel message and put your nastiness on it? Something that was perfect, all we have to do is preach the love of God. But because we want to be viral, and because we want to be known, we take what's perfect, all that goodness, and put our nastiness on it. But we'll eat it because it's my germ. But then I expect everybody else to want it. That's the problem. But how God has desired for us to do this thing is when you handle me, handle me with care. See, what's it's designed to do, and see, what's perfect don't need your help. I said, take the message to the end of earth, not manipulate it and change it to what's more comfortable for you and take it. See, if we really been careful, if we really been careful when we handle the things of God, we will move different. When we handle the things of God, we will be careful because the Holy Spirit lives. So when they come up and say, I need prayer, I need Jesus, we won't manipulate people into tithing. We just teach the principles. And we would say, here's some, some, some smoked wings. What else you want, girl? A rib. Oh, she said, give me that rib, girl. You say what you want. Tell God what you want. And I'll handle things. I won't mess with that old nasty stuff. I'll get her some beans. You like them beans? No beans? You, know, you like that cheesy? Oh, get them cheesy. Uh-huh. Get them cheesy. Mm-hmm. All right, put it in the beans. Give me another spoon. And she go get her a couple. Everybody like them pickles. Let me get you a couple pickles on the side. That's your vinegar right there. You need a little tang. I'm going to give you a slice of it. You want some pizza? You like pizza? I got you, yes, sir. Because it's for the whole family. See, she's going to take it because of her and take it to the kids. Somebody give me another fork because I don't want to put no bean juice in my cheesy corn. You like barbecue sauce? You want the regular or the spicy? I'm going to put that on the side for you. See, we're supposed to be serving. We made it about us. We got our plate first and sat down. When we're supposed to be saying, what can I do for you? We're supposed to be serving. So I'm supposed to make her up a nice plate. Ooh. Anybody going to give me no fork? It's like that. Oh, there we go. And we're supposed to make her up, get her right. And see, I'm supposed to be proud to be serving because, because this is what I do. I serve the body of Christ in unity. And I'm going to hook her up, give her a nice plate because this was expensive food. And, and God paid too much on the cross. And I'm supposed to say, now, hey, would you, you, want, you want to try that out? Let me get you a fork. Let me get you a fork. You want to taste that? Tell me what you think. Hey, go ahead. Go for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay. that's okay. See, that's what it's supposed to be. But instead, did y'all pay attention to what he did? When I came to hand it to him, what did he do? He, he ran. 
I'm going to get away from that. I don't want what you've tainted. And so many people say, I don't really do church. Too many people be in there playing games. I really don't rock with church. I haven't been in a long time because I don't really do all that extra stuff. And it's just too much for me. And, and we won't return back to getting holy first. Getting disinfected. Getting holy first. And then go present the gospel. And that's been our issue. Somebody get a, a, some foil so she can wrap up. Just take that plate home, girl. You better eat that. The issue is, the issue is, thank y'all. Sorry, Malcolm. My bad. You, you at least get you a slice. Oh, you want some cake? I didn't forgot. Get you a slice of cake. That's strawberry cheese. No, I, ain't, I didn't, didn't give her all the good stuff. I know I didn't let, no, it's, it's just, all that's yours right there because you helped me today. What we forgot to do is go get disinfected. Get holy first. And part of the reason why people don't want God is because they see how you act. I'm closing, I'm closing, I'm closing. Part of the reason why people don't want him and why Easter is just a cool, funny, nice bunny day is because the people presenting the gospel ain't no good. Why would they come to Christ and do anything different if, you, if they see you living it? Why would they change the way they talk and the way they speak if you don't change? Why would they hear the gospel message if you firing up with them? Why would they want to know more about God if you don't get up and go? It's not the gospel message that's the problem. It's the carrier. That thing, church hurt, because we won't love people, because we won't get out of the way, because we're selfish, and we want what we can get out of it. So we infuse our two cents into something that was already perfect. All we need to do is just give people Jesus, and that's it. Nobody want no musty finger, sticky butt gospel that you've given them. They want the love of Jesus. They don't want to be manipulated or controlled or, or feared into heaven. Jesus said, I don't even want that. I give you a choice. Follow me or not. Your choice. And that's what I'm scared of today. We have missed our fleshly self, our fleshly hatred with a holy God. And we presented it to the world as the gospel. We told the gay guy, you're going to hell. We, just, we condemn just about everybody. You breathe three times in one sentence, and that's indicative that you're going to hell. Messing with the church now. We can't be that anymore. If there's anything I can give us for this Easter message, that we really want to honor God, take what was perfect and what he did perfect on the cross. Disinfect yourself. Get holy. And take it to the end of the earth because we got the juice now. God has given us the keys to the kingdom. We have the authority to bind and loose. We have the authority, we have a divine mandate to reproduce. We have the authority to we have the authority to say no to sin. And then we have divine purpose to take the gospel. That's the purpose of the church. To take that thing out of there. I'm gonna say it again. I want you to leave with something today. We have divine mandate to reproduce. To reproduce. We have divine authority to live holy. Get disinfected. Get disinfected. See, she had no problem taking a bite of that food when I got cleaned up. And then we have a divine purpose. Take this thing and live it out. Reproduce me. Let people see what I look like because I live in you, through you. Last scripture. We're going to go home. Verse Philippians 1, 27. Above all, Above all, 
above all, above all, he's telling Philippi, Paul. Listen to this, y'all read this to you. Above any all, you must live as citizens of heaven. You are to act like heaven is here. Act like now what you're going to act like in heaven. Because there will be no sin, there will be no mess. Act like that now. How do you act like citizens of heaven? He says it. Conducting yourself in a manner worthy of good news about Christ. Conduct yourself in a manner worthy of carrying that to the ends of the earth. Worthy of carrying that. Conduct yourself the right way. Worthy of carrying this. Worthy of having the Holy Spirit in you. You should be acting and being a certain way because of what lives in you. Watch this. Then whether I come and see you again or hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit, with one purpose, fighting together, putting, getting bodies together for the faith, which is the good news. We're doing this all for the good news, to spread the gospel. So proof that we're really living in the gospel is our unity. Standing together in one spirit with one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. So it's not just good enough to just to, 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 to fight for the faith, but you need to be doing it in unity. You can, do, you can kick the devil's tail when you ain't by yourself. One thousand, two, ten thousand. You can, listen. That's why it says that any two of you come together, whatever you, whatever you speak, I will do it. The whole thing, he needs you in unity. Watch this. It's going to be hard work. I'm going to go ahead and finish this last couple of verses here. I took it out. By, I'm gonna, don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that you are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. For you have been given not only the privileges of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and, I, and, and, and you know that I was, I'm still in the midst of it. I ain't going to lie, y'all. If you really about the kingdom business, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a little tough. Every apostle was martyred. The 12, I think out of the 12, I think 11. I'm talking about the new ones after Judas because he was replaced, was, was murdered. Brutally. It's gonna, if you really want to do this, it's going to be a knockdown, drag out, fight with the enemy all day, every day. That's why he says fighting together. That's why you need your brothers and sisters in Christ. You will not beat that addiction by yourself. You will not. That's why you need accountability. Fighting with your brothers and sisters, you won't be able to do it by yourself. That's why every time you start stop coming to church as much, you feel like you changed and it ain't the same. You feel like you're kind of off. Because you draw strength from your family, from your brothers and sisters in Christ. You draw from them. When you ain't feeling so good, they come hug you. you I really needed that. Hey, pray with me real quick. And that prayer picks you up. Remember what he says. You put the team on your back. You put the sheep on your back and bring them back. So you don't just drag them in. You throw them on your back. You put the team. I got you, friend. I'm going to pray for you. You ain't got nothing left. I got you. You don't know what to say. I'll go in for you. That's what we're supposed to be. It's time. It's time. First way, it's time. Church is time to get disinfected and start loading up and taking this stuff out. 
And what we can't do is complain because I'm comfortable with my light bag of chips. And God told him to carry five waters. And the five water man look over with the bag of chips man like, he ain't doing, he ain't doing as much as I'm doing. What if that's what God told them to do? We have to take our eyes off each other as he told Philippi, work together in one spirit and unity, fighting together. By that way, God is ultimately glorified. And we've done our true purpose as Christians. We've done our true purpose as Christians. But we're able to get cleaned up, live holy, the authority to say no to sin, and then we live in our divine purpose to take the gospel out. Church should be full every Sunday because somebody invited their cousin, friend, neighbor, mama, daddy, sister. I'll be everywhere, y'all, talking to everybody. I'm in Firestone. I'm in Walmart. I'll be everywhere. My job is to take it out there. I'm telling everybody about Jesus and what he did for me. I'll be testifying like I was trash, bro. But just, just living in the light. He can change me. Ain't nothing you going through that he can't change. I'm just, that's my job. It's to take this thing everywhere. I, I bought my Corvette a couple years ago. I'm a Corvette guy. I don't have any anymore because I'm a pastor and now I'm just broke. But I used to pull up, bro. We'd go on day night. I'd be down at the parlor smacking Todd Delaney in the middle. I'm taking the gospel everywhere. I, I'm, I, I would purposely put the right worship music on right so I go in and I'm driving through downtown with my wife on day night. They're going to get this gospel tonight. Like, we should be so thirsty to tell somebody about our Savior. And what I don't want us to do is get on Easter in front. Front like we really be kicking the enemy's butt and like we really be living this. And really it's just a cool day. We're going to go eat with our family and go next Sunday and really nothing going to really change. Today the Holy Spirit, God is calling you. Accept it. You got the juice now. You have the juice now. I, I want to operate and work through you. I want to open up the altar for prayer. I'm going to release this here, but if anybody who just say I need prayer for any reason, for any reason at all, I want you to come get prayer. Uh, come on, ministers. And I, I would never leave service, service without doing this because, again, this is the purpose. If you have never...